Dear Heavenly Father, we are again humbly beseech you again, Lord, to be in your presence, to be with your church this morning, that your Holy Spirit will go forth and touch the heart of everyone right now, Lord, that they understand and practice this message, Lord. Father, we beg you to do all of this, not because we're worthy, Lord, but in your Son's name. Amen. Be like Jesus. Whenever that comes to your mind, when somebody tells you this, you need to be like Jesus, what comes to your mind? Let's be honest. Dread, fear, pressure. How can this be? It's impossible. There's no way in this world I will ever be like, like Jesus. Let me take you back real quick to a quick story. We all love story, don't we? The Bible says there was uh, an, an angel in heaven. His name was Lucifer. In Isaiah 14 now, you can read that again from 12 on down. He said, Lucifer said now, I will be what? He wants to be like, like God. And he said, I will take my throne above God's throne and I will what? Sit. I will what? I will sit and I will be like God. Now the question is, for Satan to be like God, what must happen to God? God cannot just say, okay, well, welcome, have a sit. He has to do what? Get what? Get rid of God. So you could imagine now how sin is perverted now. That sin came into the, the mind of this great angel now to think he could kill God and still get away with it. But yet, I'm asking you this morning now to be like God. Now, it sounds like a contradiction, isn't it? That Satan wanted to be like God, but he what? He got cast out. And you and I cannot get to heaven unless we are being what? Like God. Now, don't miss this now. This is very important. Now, the Bible said now, there were seven churches in uh, the book of Revelation. You guys know the story, right? Seven churches now. Of the seven churches now in the book of Revelation now, two churches, how many churches? God has nothing bad to say about. Two churches, God what only praises. They were the church of? And Smyrna. Smyrna was the first one. Nothing bad was said about Smyrna. Because that was the church that went to what? To a time of trouble. You see, when trouble comes, we say it's a bad thing. But trouble actually purifies what? Purifies the church. When trouble comes, we are what? Forced on our knees to what? To see God. Well, when things are good, though, when things are wonderful, when we have money in the bank, God, who is God again? We tend to forget about God. Smyrna was the first church. Nothing bad was said about Smyrna. And of course, Philadelphia. Meaning what? Brother what? Lee what? Love is the essence again. Because love is what draws us to God. Because the Bible said, now, I have loved you with what? Everlasting what? The love of God for you is constant. It's what? He doesn't go up and down like you and I. He always loves you and what? Draw you what? To himself. Now, the Bible said now in John 3, 16, For God, what? So love the world. Now, let's take out the world out. For God so loved you. You, I'm talking to you now. He did what? He gave his son to die for, for you. Now, don't miss this now. Two churches, nothing bad was said about. Hello. There was one church, though. Nothing good was said about. Now, let's say it one more time. There were two, seven churches, two churches, nothing what? Nothing bad. It was all good. The other one, you know, there was some good, there was some what? So there was some bad. But there is actually one. God said nothing what? Now, you want to guess what the church was? <laughs> Which church was that? Now, when we're talking about church, of course, we're not talking about a building, yes? 
We're talking about what? The people. The what? The people. Yet, to that church now, I want you to take your Bible real quick now and turn to me with me real quick to Revelation 3, verse 21. To that church, which is the worst, the worst of the seven, to that church was given the greatest promise. Given what? The? Now, I want you guys, I want you to find it, say amen, please. We're going to book now Revelation what? Revelation 3, verse 21. When you find it, say amen. Now, he says, the Bible said, To him, verse 21, to him what? To him who overcome, I will what? Grant to what? To sit with me on my... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that what, exactly what the devil was trying to do? He wanted to do what? He wanted to do what? And God is taking out the worst of the churches now, the weakest of all. Let's say, hey, if you overcome in me, if you trust me now to give you victory over sin, that I promise you now, what the devil was looking for, I'll give it to you. You will sit with me. What? Let's keep going now. You what? <laughs> you will sit what? On my throne. Eyes. I also what? I've overcame. And sat down with what? On his throne. Now, can you imagine now? Can you what? Imagine now why the devil hates you and I. Now, I mean, if I were the devil, I would hate you too. Don't you think? I've been looking to sit on that chair for a long time. And you are what? The worst of all. And God said, to this bunch, sorry bunch, I'm going to take these people, I'm going to purify them so much that they will sit on the throne with me. Praise God. Come on now, let's say amen. That is, this is the merciful of God, that God in his mercy and love can take you and I, weak, frail, sorry, and say, now, if you trust me now, if you give me your heart, if you depend on me, I promise you that you will sit with me. Now, the devil, of course, will not let this go like this. You know this, yes? So he comes to the church now, he what? He inspires us now to believe that we have everything. We're rich. we what? <laughs> we got everything, so we don't need anything. But yet we are what? Now, how can we be like Jesus then? How can we be like Jesus? Now, that takes us again to our verse that we read this morning, and I thank the sister that read this, uh, the verse for me again. In 1 John 3, 1 John 3, verse 1 to 3. Thank you again for added verse 3. I was saving verse 3 for later, but you added in the reading, so I'm thankful for that. Behold. Be what? Behold what? You see, John, the apostle John, knew what love was because he lived with Christ for what? For three and a half years. And John understood that love. It was so deep and so great. He couldn't find any word to describe the love of God. He said, what? Behold. I can't tell you what is coming what? Come and check it out yourself. The Bible said, come and taste in what? And you will see that God is what? But you have to what first though? You have to taste first. You have to what? So behold what manner of love. John can't explain it. Come and check it out. Look what manner of love that God has what? Bestowed on us that we should be what? Call what? Children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because what? He did not know him. Beloved, tomorrow, next week, tomorrow, no, no, what is it? Now. What is that? What tense is that? 
What? Present what? Do you believe now that you are the son and the daughters of God? Now, if you do, now don't miss this now. If you do, then why is your face looks like this, though? Down, stressed out, afraid, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. If God before you, what? If God before you, what? So no weapon formed against you shall what? Because the Lord, your God, is your father, isn't it? If God is your father now, what in the world can the devil bring to you now to cast a shadow of sadness in your face? Now, not tomorrow, now we are what? The sons and what? Of God. Keep going now. Let's keep reading. He said what? He has not been what? What shall we what? But, keep going. When he is revealed, we shall be what? Almost like him. <laughs> we shall be what? Now let me ask you a question again. Do you feel like Jesus this morning? Do you feel like Jesus this morning? And what about last week? What the week before? See, it's a promise again. Whenever we think about this again, and this is so, I, I hope you guys pray now. I want you to pray in your heart that God will bring this to your mind again to make sense of it. What God is asking you to do right now is not something that you yourself can do. It's impossible. It is what? It is what? Now, hold on to that verse where you are right now. Hold on to that verse and go to Jude 24. Jude only have one chapter now. Jude 24. Okay, Jude verse 24. This is, so, this is so important. I want you guys to miss. I want you to get this. Jude 24. There's only one verse in Jude again, one chapter in Jude. So verse 24 said what? Now, unto what? Unto him. Who's, who's that him? Okay, unto, unto God, unto Jesus, who is trying. Who's what? What is the word Abel mean? He is what? Capable. He has the power. He is able to do what? To keep you what? From falling and present you what? Faultless before what? The presence of his glory with what? With exceeding joy. Question. If anyone in this house this morning feel like faultless, raise your hand. Faultless. Faultless. Nobody's faultless. So what is God talking about here? God is talking about now a heart transplant. What? A character transplantation. God is going to do now a miracle now. He's going to give you what? The heart of Christ. He's going to give you what? The heart of Christ. Now you say, how can that be? That's what Nicodemus asked Christ. How can this be? Or all men as I am, can I be, by, be born again? Christ said, to men it is impossible. But to God, what? Nothing is what? Because I'm talking about what is flesh is flesh. But I'm talking about being born of the of the spirit. The way we could see that harsh transplant again, you have to think about the sanctuary. Think of what? The sanctuary. Think of what? The sanctuary. Do you understand now the sanctuary is one of the greatest truths now that God has entrusted to the Seventh-day Adventist church? Do you believe that? Because if you understand the sanctuary again, you will see the gospel right there. Now, when it was time to build a sanctuary, God told Moses now, tell my people, let what? Make me what? A sanctuary that will what? dwell among what? Among them. So God's purpose has always been that to be what? With his people. Not far from them, but what? 
among them. That's why Christ, the Bible says that his name shall be called what? Emmanuel, meaning what? God is what? With us. And God said, not only am I going to tell you to build me a sanctuary, I'm going to give you the plan. Give you what? The plan. So God gave Moses what? The plan. And in, in, in Exodus 25, verse 40, you won't have time to turn to it. He said, be careful that you do exactly as I said. Now, not only God gave him the plan, in, in Exodus 31, verse 1 to 6, God shows him now the actual people to build it. Here's the plan. I got the plan. Here's the builders. But now, the only the builders are given, God said, I'm going to put my spirit in them that they will do it exactly as I, as I said. Now, did Moses have a plan, yes or no? Did he have the builders, yes or no? Yes. So when everything was done, now you know who God is. Yes, God is the God of the universe. He's a very busy God. And God could have said, you know what, uh, everything is done, as I said. Now, Gabriel, go and check it out and let me know if Moses followed the plan. Now, who came to inspect the house? Who came to inspect the house when it was done? God himself. He didn't say, Moses, he didn't say, Gabriel, you go and check it out because, you know, I'm God, I'm busy. You, you go and find, let me know. No, no. God said, it was so important to me that I gave you the plan, yes? I gave you the worker, but when it comes to inspecting it now, I'm going to be the one, what? Inspecting it. Do you believe now that that sanctuary now, that plan, everything that we see has to do with Christ? In Psalm 77, it says, thy way, O Lord, is where? Is in what? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and what? So if you want to know about Jesus, you've got to go what to what? Go to what? To the sanctuary. Because Christ is the sanctuary. So Moses did exactly what God said. David later on wanted to build a sanctuary for God. David said, you know, I don't feel right living in this big house and for God's art to be in a tent. I'm going to make a big house for God. And God said, no, 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 no. Your son will be in the sanctuary. Long story short, before David died, David said in, in 1 Chronicles, verse 28, chapter 28, he said, Solomon, here is the plan that God gave me that you will build what? The temple the exact same way. So you see, God was very what? Involved in what? In the building of what? Of the sanctuary. So quickly now, let's see if you understand this thing real quick. What was in the sanctuary? There was three compartments or three places, three, three main parts to it. There was the outer court. You guys know what the outer court? Outside. And there was what? The holy and the? Okay, you guys good students. Very good. So what was in the outer court? The altar. Now question, how many entrants were there to the sanctuary, to the outer court? Only one. There was no exit. And the sanctuary now was facing what? Was facing west. So when you stand, the east was what? Why? Because people were not what? And in time of idolatry, sad to say now, in time of sin, the people will turn their back to the sanctuary and worship what? The sun. This is how sad sin is, but that's, that's for a different time. But the point is, though, there was one entrance, and that entrance symbol is what? It's a symbol of what? Christ. In John 10, Christ said, I am the, not a door, but the only door. The only one. If you want to be saved, come to what? Come to Jesus. So when you enter now, you see the altar of what? The altar of the burnt offering, which is a symbol of the cross. Christ died where? Not in heaven. He died on, on earth. So the sanctuary now, the outer court, is a symbol of 
of the earth, right? Because Christ died on earth. But you see, the altar also is a very important thing. Because at the cross, what did you and I receive at the cross? Come on now, say it one more time. I heard somebody say it. Justification. Forgiveness. Right? So the cross now, forgive what? Or pass. Or guilt. We were all guilty now. Think of it now. When it comes time to kill the lamb, if you would sin, you do what? Bring the lamb, right? And when you bring the lamb now, you give the lamb to the priest. Say, okay, well, see you later. I'll be back, right? What happened? What? Who? Now, have you ever killed a chicken before? I'm just going small now. <laughs> Anybody have killed a chicken before? I mean, some of people, people go hunting. I mean, hunting, you're far, and you're just like, what? It's different now to have a living animal in front of you and a knife, and you know what's going to happen to the animal. Did the animal deserve this thing? Did it do anything wrong? See, in, in, in John 1, verse 29, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God. That does what? Now, to take the, to take the sin out, the Lamb must be what? The lens must be and must die. See, John couldn't understand this. So he was saying this, what the Holy Spirit was moving him to say, that he is the lamb that will take away the sin of the world. But for him to do that, the lamb has to what? Has to die. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there's no what? There's the forgiveness for sin. So when you kill the lamb now, do you think the lamb just sit down and just die? What happened? He began to what? Why? Because he doesn't want to die. And as it's moving now, what happened to the blood? It's gushing now all over you. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but what? The blood of Jesus. If you're sinning this morning, if you have sin in your life, if you fall this week, though, there's what? A fountain filled with what? Drawn from what? Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunged beneath that flood with what? All their guilty stain. That Christ said, now come and let us reason together this morning. If you sin... It's like what? Red. I will make them what? White as snow. At the cross again, that's when we've seen the light. At the cross, I've seen salvation. Because at the cross, I'm forgiven. You are forgiven at the cross. But we shouldn't stay only at the cross, though, should we? Because next thing we see is what? The labor. We see what? The labor. And the labor now is what? It's for what? It's for washing. Symbolizing what? Baptism, right? Well, you got to be born again. Why? Because when we were born of this life, I look my earthly father. But if I have to look like my heavenly father, I have to what? Be born what? Be born again. Then I begin to take on what? The characteristic of what? Of the heavenly father. So we got to be baptized again in that water again. And Paul said now, don't you, in Romans 6, don't you know we've been what? Buried what? With Christ in baptism. But when we come back now, it's no longer I that live, but it's what? Christ lived what? In me. So therefore now, the life that I live in the past now, I've been forgiven. Clean slate. There you go. Come on now and join me now in the holy place, Christ said. You are entered the holy place. And in the holy place is there. It's what? On the right side is what? The table of showbread. That table now, it's not what you go. It's, it's a small table. Meaning you've got to bend down. You have to do what? And what was the bread a symbol of again? The body of Christ, the word of life. So how many of you now live on one slice of bread a week? Let's raise your hand now. You could tell I ate more than one slice, right? <laughs> but seriously though, 
How many of us eat only one slice of bread a week? Would you survive if you did that? If you believe now, if somebody tells you, right now, I have this great diet for you. All you have to do is one slice of bread a week and you lose weight. What do you think would happen? You lose weight for real. Yeah, you do. <laughs> to the grave. <laughs> you lose weight to the grave. You will die, right? But yet, how many of us only read the Bible once a week? We only read the Bible once. But we, hey, we're all right, though. Hey, I'm healthy. I'm still here, aren't we? But yet, we are spiritually what? Dying. Because we're not feeding what? Our soul. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for what? Because you have rejected knowledge, he said. I will what? Reject you what? You. Are you eating the word of God this morning, my brothers and sisters? How many of you spend more time watching TV than read the Bible? I raise my hand. I'm one of them. But yet, we're going to be okay, though. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm a servant of God. I'm a deacon. I'm an elder. But yet, your life, spiritually what? You are dying. We need to change this, people. We got to what? You cannot be holy now by watching filth. Garbage in? Garbage what? So we said now the cross is justification. Forgiveness for sin. But the holy place, though, is sanctification. Sister, why say sanctification is a work of what? What's the lifetime, do you think? Hmm? What's the lifetime? How many years is a lifetime? I'm sorry, I heard somebody say, how many years is a lifetime? 70 years? No. How many years is a lifetime? Right now. How much time do you have right now? How much time do you have left to live? Do you know? So how much time is a lifetime? Now. Now is a lifetime. That's what Bible says. Today. What? Today, if you hear what? His voice. And do what? Hold him at your heart. So we always feel like, I got time. I'm excited to bring the brother back again, but we lost a brother recently, though. I was shocked when I heard this thing. And it reminds me again that a lifetime is now. Now is the time to get holy now. Because the verse we just read, I say, he who had that hope purify himself just like Christ is what? Is pure. So again, just, justification forgives you from your past. It gives you now, say, don't worry, now a clean slate. Sanctification now gives you the power now to live right. Justification what? Forgive us of the guilt of sin. Sanctification, I give you what? The power now to live what? To live right. And to live right, we have to eat the bread of life. We have to be anointed now by what? The Holy Spirit again. Why? Because again, we want to go what? To the most holy place. Now, how many of us right now believe that we are by faith in the most holy place? That Christ is where? You know what? Doing what? Doing what? Interceding. But he's not, he's not, no, he's judging. He's what? He's judging. Do you remember now the, the covenant that God did with his people in, in, in Sinai? What did they say? All that the Lord has said, we what? <laughs> we will do it. And you know what happened, what? A few days later, they be what? And make a cow. Say, this is the God. But in, in Hebrew 8, though, God said, I will make a new covenant now with the house of Israel. Not like I made in them in the past, like they broke. But this time, I will the one do the work now. And I'm going to write my law where? In your heart. So again, one more time. The, all the sanctuary has to do with what? The Christ. Christ is the true one. 
So you and I are asked to be patterned all life after who? After Christ. Because Christ is coming for people that is what? Like him. So are you feeling like Christ this morning? Do you have weakness in your life this morning? Do you have fear because you really, I did something wrong? But the cross is here to forgive your past. But don't stay at the cross, though. Come up over now to the holy place with me now. There we find what? Power to live right. Power to do right. Power to think right. But what happened now? We enter the most holy place now. There, we're in the very presence of what? Of God. You see, we are free from the guilt of sin outside. We are given power to live over sin inside the holy place. But in the most holy place, though, we are free from the very presence of sin. When you are in the most holy place, there's no what? No more sin. Because the Bible says Christ is coming not to bear the sin anymore. When he comes out now, that is it. Let him who is what? Just be what? Now, he doesn't say let him who is trying to be just. Let him who is what? Holy be what? Holy what? Holy still. Now, not tomorrow. Now, we could claim that promise that if God be for you, if God is in your heart now, that we are guaranteed that he will what? Present us faultless in this very presence. How can that be? Because he gave us what? A heart transplant. And you know that anyone that has taken transplant has to be what? On medication for what? For the rest of their... What happened if they stop taking medication? The body does what? Now see, that organ is supposed to give them life, yes? But the body now sees as a foreign and we can what? To attack it, Yes? So you and I the exact same way. When Christ comes into your life, to us it's foreign. Because we're so accustomed to doing evil. We're so accustomed to doing wrong that when the Savior come, what did we do? He came to his own. What did he do? Receive him not. Because he was the enemy to them. And they killed him. The Savior of life was crucified. But if you want not to crucify Christ anymore, you got to take your medication. Read the Bible. Sister, what's it? We should spend one hour each day. One what? No, that's not a lot of hours, you think? 24 hours? Just one hour to do what? To contemplate what? The life of what? Of Christ. Because by beholding at the cross, though, we are what? Transform what? To glory and to what? Glory. So we have to look and live. You know the story, we're finishing with this. The story of Moses in the, in the wilderness. The people were complaining. I mean, you know, the people, they were, oh my goodness. They were complainers, aren't they? They were terrible people, aren't they? And we're worse than them. Worse. I mean, I mean, think about it, though. I mean, we have the example, don't we? We should know better, don't we? But we do worse than them. When the going gets up, why, Lord, why me? We're forgetting that God is on the boat, in the boat with us. Christ might seem to be asleep, but the Bible says in, in uh, Psalm 121 that the one that watched over us never what? Sleep or what? Or slumber. He's watching over you carefully because he loves you. And of course, whining, they were whining, 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 and God said, okay, you know what? You want to whine? I'm going to give you a reason to whine now. Here's the snake. I mean, the snake was always there. Sister, what's it? The snake was always there. It's not like God, God dropped snake on them. God did what? Open the gate. You open what? Remember that when, when Christ told, uh, when God told uh, Satan, have you seen Job? What did, what did Satan tell God? Well, you put what? An edge. You what? You put what? 
What was the edge you guys put around them? A fence? What was the fence? The angel. The angel of the Lord or what? Encampeth around what? Those who what? To what? To take them out of what? But sometimes we keep complaining. God says, okay, you know what? All right, I got you. Uh, angel, move away. And of course, snake now begin to what? They, they call them fire. You what? Fire is When they bite you, you get the severe fever and you die. Now think about it now. They were dying. Now. All of a sudden, the whining stopped. <laughs> the complaining stopped. All those, they were all praying now. It's so bad. I mean, we messed up, man. <laughs> we all messed up. Because things were good, we were complaining. Things are bad, and oh, Lord, help us now. And God said, okay, I'm going to help you. Because God is a merciful God. Praise God for that. God said, Moses, make them a, another snake. Now, let's listen to me now. If I was getting beat by a snake, the last thing I wanted to see is what? It's a snake. But you see, that's a, that's, a, that's a symbol here, though. Because, see, Christ became sin for what? For us. Not a sinner. He became what? That God will lay the punishment that you deserve, that I deserve, on Christ. That you don't have to die. God asks this, this sad question in Ezekiel. said, now, I do not delight in the death of the wicked. All I want is that the wicked what? Change in what? And live. And here's the question now. Why would you want to die? God doesn't get this. Why? I'm trying to give you what? Eternal life. And you want to die. Why? And all they had to do to be what? To be cured. All they had to do to be cured is what? Is to look at what? At the snake. Do you want to look today at Christ? At the cross dying for you? Think of it now in your mind. Seeing that nailed down naked on the cross. Why? Because he wants to die just for you. Sister Watson, when you think of the cross, don't think of us. Whenever you say us, you say, well, I was so small in the us, you know. A bunch of sinners. All these evil people killed Christ. No, 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 no. He died for you. So if you're lost, you've got to pay God now for that price. So look at the cross again and say, Lord, I am bound before you now. I say, Lord, I have nothing I bring. To the cross only I cling, Lord, please help me be like you. And if you are like me, weak and frail, God said, now I'm able to do beyond what you can think or what? Or even imagine. Do you believe that this morning, my brothers and sisters? Do you want to be like Christ again? Do you want to be like Christ, yes or no? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of weak. Do you want to be like Christ, yes or no? Let's get, let's, let's get on our knees. I want to pray on our knees this morning and ask God to come into our heart again to make us afresh. Okay, let's, let's bow. Let's kneel this morning together, and we're going to pray. And I want you all to pray for yourself now. You know yourself better than, God, than anybody else around you. You know yourself more than your friend, any, any sibling, any wife, and spouse. So you got to pray for yourself this morning to God to change you again. Dear Heavenly Father, we are here, Father. We're so thankful for what you've done on the cross for your plan of salvation, to restore us back to you, Lord. You came and seek us out, Lord, because we were all lost. Because you want us again, Father, to be your sons and daughters, Father. Father, we are again this morning begging you, Lord, to change our heart again, to give us the heart of Christ, the mind of Christ, that one day, Lord, we will see you coming back again and say, Lord, this is all God. We've been waiting for him, Lord. Father, please forgive us when we come short and give us victory. Give us the power to overcome every sin in our life. So one day, Lord, we will go in the most holy place and see you. 
Bless this church, Lord. Bless the pastor, Father, the elders of this church. Every member here, Father, may you bless them. May there be a light, a beacon in Tallahassee that people will come to know you because of this church, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.